Hello. Mom? Yes. Hello, yes. how are you? Hi, good. If you can't tell already, this episode of Home Plates is going to be a little different. That was my mom on the phone, and this week we're going to be talking all about moms. If you were going to describe your mom, how would you describe her? Oh man. <laughs> um, she's like the most hardworking person I've ever met, but she's also like the weirdest, most whack job person I've ever met. Like she's crazy. Um, like in the best way possible. She's just so goofy. Uh, she's my best friend. Um, my mom, I would describe her as <laughs> kind of a, what's the word? Like your ultimate like Jewish mother persona. Um, we like to describe her as a woman of tremendous passion. So she's basically a total badass and pours like her entire self into anything she does. So her family, her work. My mom is one of the most kind-hearted people you will ever meet. Also a goon. In a nutshell, my mom is probably the strongest woman I know. Um, I would describe my mom as a passionate but grounded woman who has inspired me to do pretty much everything I've done my entire life. Mothers. We all have them. They can make us laugh and cry. They make us feel so embarrassed that we wish we could just sink into the floor. They can also make us so angry that we could just punch a wall. But they're also some of the only people in this world that will love you unconditionally. Which is why this week's episode of Home Plates is dedicated to them. I wanted to hear about other people's stories of their moms and their own food memories with them. I wanted to know what dish they missed when they were away from home, what weird quirks their moms have in the kitchen, and most importantly, what is it or why is it that food made by moms is so special? I talked to a few people to try and find out. I'm Hannah, I'm a junior, and I'm studying journalism and Arabic, and I'm from Bainbridge Island. Now, do you wanna share one of your memories with your mom regarding food? One of my favorite things is basically like elementary school through high school. So basically my entire life. Anytime I would get out of school, she'd always gauge how my day had gone without me having to say anything. And then if it had been like rough, we would always go to the local bakery, Blackbird Bakery, and we would always get at least two slices, like one slice pie, one slice cake or more. And that, and just like sit and not talk or talk or just sit there for like an hour and just keep eating. And so she taught me the the joy that is associated with food. And no matter how your life is going, you always have food. My name is Hannah Pickering. I'm a journalism major here at the University of Washington. I'm also a reporter for the Daily. I report for the wellness section and write for the opinion section. Every year, only once a year for Christmas, my mom makes cinnamon rolls. And a lot of people make cinnamon rolls, but if I had some to, sh to share with you, I would share them with you because they're probably, without a doubt, the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had. And she makes them from scratch, so she will get up like early in the morning and she'll, you know, get her yeast out, raise the yeast, create the dough, 
and it's this very long kind of complicated process I've never learned to make bread because of that reason it just takes too long but it's so delicious and the flavor is perfect and the texture is great and she only does it on Christmas just because it's a lot of work and it's not the healthiest breakfast to have um, but we have it every year uh, Christmas morning and it's kind of our tradition. So my name is Elise Hoffman. I'm a public health major. I'm a junior and I'm from San Diego, California. Yeah, so my mom is Cuban and so on that same trip we asked her to make a big Cuban meal and so she like the day before we came spent the whole day making Cuban black beans which are like really amazing. They like cook for hours and they're just packed with flavor like they're beans that you can just eat by themselves and they're incredible and then she made croquetas which are she makes them with chicken and ham and you put in the food processor and then you bread them and fry them and she made something else too oh ropa vieja which is like really slowly cooked shredded beef with like raisins and olives and so all these things are like super time intensive and so she took basically the entire day before we came and just had this like incredible spread of food for us and just poured so much love into it. And it was really awesome to be able to share this Cuban food that I've hyped up so much from my mom with all of my friends. And it was really special. Sometimes you don't realize what you have until it's gone. And I think for a lot of college kids and adults that don't live with their parents or see their parents often, one of those things is food. For the first 18 years of your life, your mom, maybe your dad sometimes, but probably your mom was cooking most of your meals. Maybe you started going out more cooking for yourself as you got older, but for your childhood, those memories probably consist of your mom making breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So when you can't have those dishes that your mom made for you growing up anymore because you're too far away from home, you don't see them as often, or whatever the reason, those dishes become special. You learn to appreciate them a lot more, and they take on a whole new meaning. I think, so growing up, um, my grandma, my mom's mom, made us like a lot of Cuban food. And so that was kind of like where we always had the black beans, and it was always really special to go over to her house and have her make that. And so um, since she passed away, my mom has really adopted like, she's taken on the role of making all the Cuban food. And so it's just been really special to share that, like, with my grandma and now with my mom. And I'm trying to learn how to make them. And so it's just, I think, for us, like, a really good way to connect back to, like, Cuban culture that because we don't have a lot of it here. And, yeah, my mom will just, like, you know every time she makes them that they take so long and that she's, like, put so much work into them. When I came home for Thanksgiving, my freshman year, I just wanted them so bad. And I flew in at, like midnight and she like had them waiting for me when I came home and it's awesome she like translated my grandma's recipe for me and sent it to me and I could not make them as well and she was like well you have to stand over the stove the whole time you can't leave them I was like mom that's like four hours she's like I know <laughs> like, you you have to do it and so it was yeah it's just been like a really cool connection from like generations and different cultures my name is Jillian Kessel. I'm from San Diego, California, and my major is Early Childhood and Family Studies. I definitely have a favorite dish that my mom makes. She actually took the recipe from one of our old neighbors, but it's called stromboli, and it's this giant bread-type calzone that has provolone cheese and prosciutto and basil wrapped up in it and sea salt on top. And 
it kills my stomach because I am both gluten-free and uh, sensitive to lactose, but it's worth it every time. Uh, my name is Neva Ashkenazi. I am a reporter for the news section of The Daily. I right now run the student senate beat. She makes really good moussaka. Moussaka is this like traditional Greek dish uh, that's kind of this like technically it's sort of like a meat lasagna where the noodles are replaced by eggplant slices and then it's topped with this like nice creamy bechamel sauce and that's traditionally Greek and I think it's also though associated with like other Balkan countries. I remember though the first time I heard about moussaka was actually when it was referenced in um, the film My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> And so, like, ever since then, I always would associate that meal and that dish with that film. And um, we, that film was, like, a cult classic in my family, so we would always watch it, and then we would kind of joke about that movie every time she would make it. But I've grown up also just, like, loving that dish, and every time I come home from a long trip or something and she always asks me, like, what she wants me to make, that's always what I tell her to make. Um, I'm Cezanne. I am a freshman, and I'm from the Bay Area in California. Yeah, she basically just makes vegetables like better than anyone. I like grew up vegetarian, and so she just like cooks really awesome vegetarian food. It's kind of like California hippie fusion. It's a little, it's it's definitely like I think if anyone else cooked it, it would be pretty disgusting. But she cooks it like really, really well. It's pretty amazing. She makes like the best soups ever. When I was a kid, she got she let me like you know those like electric mixers that you like stick in the bowl and it just like goes you know just goes on it. <laughs> she used to let me like take the electric mixer and I was like this is the most important part of the job, and I got really into it. I loved helping her with her soups. I had planned to just talk about my own mother and my own food memories. But I thought it'd be better to get another expert on my mom, and who better to ask than my sister. So I gave her a call, and this is how it went. Hello, you. How are you? I am quite well. How are you? Uh, good, good. Well, I am doing a Mother's Day episode for my podcast, and because mm-hmm. you are my sister, I want yes, to get your perspective on our mother's cooking slash baking food and dinner that she makes. Mom, like, Mm -hmm. made dinner most nights. We would go out quite a lot, but, like, mom mom, mom did good dinners, you know? There are some Mm -hmm. classic meals that, like, I always look forward to. Uh, Wondering if you have any specific meals that stand out to you. Pot roast was one of my favorites by mom. One time, Dad made one when she was gone for the first time when you guys were at Mount St. Helens, and I didn't think it was good enough, and I started crying because I missed Mom with her pot roast. One of my other favorites she makes is meatloaf because I love the leftovers the next day to make meatloaf sandwiches. She makes a mean halibut au gratin. She makes a lot of really good dishes, and she makes a really good beef bourguignon. You, like, love Mom's, like, beef like dishes, like classic like, I do. like American dishes. And it's yeah, like, like a those are my meal worker like, coming home. <laughs> those are like my least favorite like dishes. And it's not just because it's small. It's, it's just I wouldn't order it wherever we would. You know what I mean? Because you don't like red meat. <laughs> I like red meat, but I'm just like not a big red meat fan, you know? My sister and I share a love for food. In fact, my whole family does. I remember always going to Louie's 
It was our favorite Chinese restaurant. It's no longer around, but it used to be in Ballard. It's now an Amazon Go or I don't know, something Amazon. We would always go there and Louise was by far not the best Chinese restaurant in town, but it was our Chinese restaurant. Sometimes you just go to places because of the sentimentality or because it becomes routine. I remember in fourth grade, I transferred to a school in Wallingford. My school would get out a little bit earlier than my sisters did. So I would tell my mom that I was hungry and she would oblige me and we'd head over to Dick's. We would split french fries and a milkshake as we sat in the car and talked about our days and then we'd head over to pick up my sister. I figure that other people have these places, the places they go to for sentimentality. It's less about the food and much more about the conversation and just the moment in time that you're sharing with your mom. Do you, is there like a place that you and your mom like to go to for food? Maybe you like, you know, coffee or something mm-hmm. that's like a special place to you guys? Well, I mean, as I said, she only likes her own food. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But she like, whenever we go out, she just said she could make it better. Um, so usually it's our garden because <laughs> she'll make the food. And I really like sitting and like drinking tea in our garden and eating whatever she's made with her. I also have this favorite vegan Chinese place and like throughout high school whenever I'd have like a really bad weekend or like after I took the SAT for the first time, you know, she took me there and it was like, it's kind of expensive. So it's always like a really big treat. I loved it. (laughs) That's a good question. So growing up, we didn't eat out a lot for two reasons. One was that we had a, a large family and so eating out was expensive. So it was an occasional treat. And the second reason was my mom is very, very picky about her food. Like her standards are much, much higher than mine. And so we didn't go out to eat a lot because we'd go out to eat and then my mom would be like, oh, I can make this better at home myself. I don't need to pay for this. Look how much we're spending on it. I could do this myself. So we didn't end up eating out a lot unless it was cuisine that she was not able to make herself. One specific place that we used to go to all the time growing up was Shanghai Garden. And they have a location um, in Chinatown in Seattle. And they used to have a location in Issaquah, and that's where we would go because we lived in Issaquah. Um, they closed down recently, but I've been going there since I was like old enough to remember. That's the one restaurant that I can always remember going to, you know, like once a month as a family treat. Well, I have this, um, this kind of like habit with my family now where uh, every time I would come home to visit, we would we kind of like, we like to take our time in the mornings, you know, we wake up relatively late and then we have very long breakfasts. So we kind of like to bring out all the different foods and just, you know, make coffee, make tea and just kind of like slump on the um, dining table (laughs) and just like sit there for like a good hour and a half. And like, this doesn't exclude my dad, but something that I love doing with my mom during breakfast is also uh, gossip about the rest of the family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's something that my that I recognize I love doing with my mom now especially like over like tea or coffee or like there's just when there's food around the table and I have this time to talk with my mom and it's usually something really juicy about some like once or twice removed relative it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> and that's and that's also something that I recognized just as my relationship with my mother developed over time like that's something that we can kind of bond over, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all.
It may seem like an obvious question. Why is mom's food so good? Well, because it's special. It's made by them with their own two hands, the same hands that raised you and cleaned you and fed you and did everything in between. But I think there's something more to it. There's this connection, this affection that can't really be put into words exactly. I honestly, that's such a good question. I feel like it's just because like they put so much love into it and they've like learned all of your little like weird likes and dislikes and they're like willing to accommodate it unlike any other person would be. My mom will like leave out like the chicken for my brother because when he was growing up, like he would not eat anything besides like plain chicken. And they just like, I don't, yeah, there's just a ton of love in it and a ton of care. And I think especially for my mom, it's how she, I think, expresses her love a lot of the time and expresses, like, just how much she's, like, wants to help. And so there's a lot of attention to it. I feel like because of the sentimentality of it all. Like, looking, I feel like mom's food, when you look back on it, it is always the best. But when you're in the moment sometimes it doesn't feel like that sometimes it feels like you're being forced to eat things that you don't want to and then you think about like doing this podcast and then you think back on like all the good times you've had with your mom and all the skills that like she'll teach you that you didn't realize that you learned and then got to college and you were like I can chop an onion without crying but yeah I mean I feel like just all the emotional ties that you don't really think about while you're a child or an adolescent and then you get older and look back and they're just the best. Cause she knows like exactly how you want it. Also, I feel like you're you're kinda like you have to like it, you know. <laughs> if you're gonna eat it for like at least like let's say seventeen years of your life, like you have no other choice. You like you better like her food, you know. <laughs> kind of like you better like your mom. I actually thought about this the other day because it was one day that myself and all my siblings most of my siblings or half of them were home and it you know we're all busy and going to school and stuff so it's not often that we're all home and my mom actually made she made spaghetti for us and she actually made cookies which she hasn't baked in a long time and so my sisters and I were like oh this brings back memories of when we were little and I think it's it's kind of like it's similar to the concept of comfort food in in a situation where you've had a good Experience. So some people don't have those memories of mom making dinner or breakfast or whatever. Um, but it kind of puts you back at a stage where, like, the world seemed like it was better and, like, mom was there making dinner and, like, you didn't have to worry about, I'm going to get a job when I graduate or, like, my grades or whatever. Like, you were just worried. You weren't really worried about anything. It was just day to day and you knew that mom was there to take care of you. And, like, food is very psychological and it's like a source of comfort. And so... The fact that mom was there in the kitchen making dinner kind of indicated to you that everything was okay in the world and it, it kind of puts this like blanket over you. Just have had so much time to dedicate to practicing recipes that they have to cook all through childhood. So they probably get really good at the stuff they make and also they're providing for their kids. So there's got to be some sort of special love ingredient that we don't understand yet that's a good question and I feel like um, 
I might not be the best person to ask. Just in your opinion, in your own opinion. Yeah, 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 sure. And I would say that only because um, I wasn't the type of person who grew up always loving everything my mom made. (laughs) It's just not true. And it was because also my parents were very, very um, strict about uh, the types of food that we brought into the house. Um, So a lot of the times my mom would just make the food specifically healthy. So like sometimes we would have pasta with like whole wheat um, noodles instead of like regular and just just, like was not as good, which was just really unfortunate. So um, I kind of, I feel feel bad because I feel like a lot of the times um, I was uh, disappointed by her food and that in turn disappointed her. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but but now but now like our relationship has gotten a lot better and um that is also expressed by how I um it's also expressed by how I react to her food. So like sometimes she genuinely makes good food and I acknowledge that and um she is almost surprised and like shows clear like gratitude that I like like her food, which is unfortunate. But I think <laughs> I think that's just a, a a mistake that I made on my own part as a stupid teenager who wasn't grateful for her mother's food. But yeah. Why do you think like like what is it about like mother's food in general that makes it so good? Like why why does everyone love their mom's food? I think people like their mom's food because like it's a symbol of their love for us because they do spend time making it to feed us and provide us with nutrition and I think that shows because you know I think it's just a symbol of how much they care for us and want us to be happy and healthy. Do you plan to cook when you become a mother if you become a mother? Is it still on recording? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I suppose I will cook a meal here and there. But I'll help them to get a trophy husband and make him do most of the housework. <laughs> uh, at least you're honest. Okay, so maybe my sister won't be helping out as much as I thought she was going to for the Thanksgivings in the future. But that's okay with me, because I love cooking, I love eating, I love food. So basically one of the reasons I love food so much is because of my mom. And for that, I want to thank her this Mother's Day. I don't think I knew it or you knew it, but you were the one who planted the seed for my love of cooking and food. It was nurtured by the whole family, but you were a large part of it, and so for that, I thank you. Now, enough about me and my own mom. I wanted to know about my mom and her mom. Whenever I ask my mom a question about her past, I always get 10 new stories that I've never heard of. And this question was no different. Hello. Mom? Yes. Hello, yes. how are you? Hi, good. For my podcast that's coming out 
on Friday, I'm doing a Mother's mm-hmm. Day special, and I'm interviewing different people about their mom and their favorite memories uh, of their mom with food. Mm-hmm. And so okay. I'm going to talk about you, but I wanted to talk to you about your own mom. So I was hoping that you could uh, first off just, like, describe your mom to me. Like, what was she like? She was petite, like you. She pretty much always had a smile on her face. She was friends with people from all walks of life forever. She raised 10 children by herself. She was profoundly proud of all of us. And despite having literally no financial resources or support, she managed to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table for 10 children. Do you have any uh, specific memories of your mom and food, like cooking something on special occasions, just kind of anything, really. Well, because there were so many of us and we were so incredibly poor, anything she made was special. And you have to understand that her own mother died when she was four years old. So she taught herself everything she learned about cooking. No one taught her. She didn't have anyone to teach her. One of her amazing skills, I realize now, my mom cooked on a wood stove until I was nine years old. So her baked goods, as a result, were extraordinary. Her cinnamon rolls and bread were extremely crusty and beautiful. And in large part because she had to fire up the wood stove and cook that way. Can you think of a particular meal or dish? Or how about this? Is, was there a dish that of your mom's that was like your favorite? Well, we had chickens when I was quite little. And I do remember, I mean, her fried chicken was extremely delicious, as was her pot roast. And that was... Probably not every Sunday we had those meals, but when my grandpa was coming over for dinner, we would have pot roast or fried chicken, and those were our sort of special meals because my mom made terrific gravy, and she canned um, vegetables and fruits, so she would, you know, we'd have green beans or, um, you know, cherry pies because... She put up all that in the, we called it the fruit room on the back porch of our house. And she can still head and salmon, too. Why Why do you think mom, like, in general, mom's food is so special to everyone? Um, Because it's one of the ways they, we nurture our children. And... Food, and I mean, unless it's really, really inedible, brings joy. And even if it's not so great, it conjures a memory. And one of my favorite memories of food with my mom had nothing to do with anything she cooked, but we went on literally the only vacation of my childhood when I was nine years old. 
we took a Greyhound bus from, I think, Aberdeen to San Francisco and then down to Disneyland. But when we were in San Francisco, we went to Chinatown and I had Chinese food for perhaps not the first time because I had a sister-in-law who was half Chinese and so I'd had fried rice. But it was the first time I'd had Chinese food in a restaurant. And I thought it was the most delicious, remarkable thing I could ever have. And my mom felt the same way. My older sister and younger brother who were on the trip too, they weren't so crazy about it. But my mom and I really bonded over Chinese food. I hadn't heard that yeah. story before. <laughs> And when uh, when I was in, like, junior high and high school once in a while, no one else was around because my younger brother didn't like it. My older sister wasn't really into it. She and I would sometimes go to the Hong Kong Cafe and have Chinese food or the Shanghai Cafe in the north end of town. But it was very rare that we did that. And that was my first uh job was waiting tables at the Hong Kong cafe. So Chinese food was just very important to me. And it will always remind me of my mom. I love that. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, I'll let you go. Thank you for sharing your stories with me and all my listeners. And thanks for making me a mom. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That's it for this week's episode of Home Plates. A special thanks to my lovely guests, Neva Ashkenazi, Cezanne Lane, Hannah Myrick, Hannah Pickering, Elise Hoffman, and Julian Castle. If you like this episode and want to hear more episodes like this in the future, then let me know. Email me, DM me, whatever. And don't forget to subscribe. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, and iTunes. Thanks for listening, and have a very happy Mother's Day. This has been another episode of Home Plates. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.